NBA Finals Game 4 tonight. Should Jason Tatum be the favorite for Finals MVP? Hey, Tom Brady's back at Bucks minicamp. But wait till you hear what he said yesterday about the Miami Dolphins or what he didn't say. And will Draymond's podcast, of all things, emerge as the headline of Game 4 of the NBA Finals? Ooh, it just might. Good morning, everyone. Pretty sure it's Friday. Jenna Wolf, Nick Wright, Chris Broussard, Kevin Wilds. MVP for Dre, Nick. Most valuable podcast, perhaps. Should be at this point. <laughs> oh, most valuable podcaster. Well, I'm a big fan of The Odd Couple with Rob Parker and Chris Broussard, which you can get on radio and a podcast afterwards. Yeah, but Draymond's right behind them. Yeah. Right behind them. I like it. The podcast has fewer commercials. Cuts out some of the callers. I like that. Yours isn't bad right. either, Nick. What's right? Oh, exactly. Thanks. I took the words right out of my mouth. NBA Finals continue tonight. Here we go. Game four from TD Garden in Boston. Celtics are happy. They're up 2-1. Warriors not as happy. They trail 2-1. And they got to be worried about Steph after this play in game three where he turned his ankle going for that loose ball. The good news is it looks like he avoided anything severe. The, uh, the even more good news, Steph's mindset seems to be in the right place. Take a listen to this. How confident are you that you can go on Friday without being limited? Uh, I'm going to play. That's all, I, that's, all I, that's all I know right now. All right, Chris Broussard. What do you expect to see out of Steph tonight? Well, Jenna, I'd be lying if I sat here and told you I expect to see some heroic performance where Steph drops 35 to 40 points while fighting through this injury. Now, as someone that picked the Warriors, obviously, I hope he can do that. But I can't say I'm confident that he will for a couple of reasons. One, even though he's going to play, which is great, it scares me that he compared this injury to what happened when Marcus Smart landed on his foot in March. Steph missed 12 games because of that. So if this is anything close to that, he's showing valor by going out there and playing, but I don't know how effective he'll be. And secondly, even if it doesn't bother him that much, Steph just, look, for all the great numbers he's put up in the finals, and I've quoted him at nauseum, 26 points a game in his finals career, which is great, 10th all time. The fact is he doesn't have that one game or moment that is heroic. The, the Michael Jordan flu game, the Isaiah yep. Thomas 25-point quarter on a sprained ankle. He doesn't have that. And so I, I can't count on him delivering it tonight. Now, Nick, we've been talking for a week and a half, two weeks about Steph's need for this moment. Maybe this will be it. I certainly would love it. I think a lot of basketball fans would love it, even if you're not necessarily rooting for the Warriors. But I can't say I'm confident it's going to happen. So what I think, I hope the injury doesn't affect him significantly. I hope he can go out and play his typical game, which is, say, 25 to 30 points, which is great. But they're going to need Clay to be as great as he was in Game 3. Wiggins is going to have to hit threes as well as scoring on drives to the bucket. I need something from Jordan Poole. I need his best game in three weeks. I need 17 to 20 from Jordan Poole, and I need Draymond to have a bounce-back game 
meaning he anchors a defense that limits the uh, Celtics a lot better than it did in game three. So I don't think – well, no, it's not good luck. It's very possible. But that's what I need. I need more of a team effort than just just Steph putting them on his back. The thing I was saying good luck to was Draymond anchoring anything other than the next episode of the Draymond Green show. I I, I don't think that's coming. So good luck on that. But I – Wild better come. Sometimes I get a little frustrated – and this is not frustration with you three wonderful people. This is frustration with the media at large. Because I feel like Steph Curry lives in this perfect little Goldilocks zone of if you if you dare say, I don't think he's one of the 10 greatest players ever, you're a hater. But also, if you dare say, you know, I... I I think he should score more than two points in a fourth quarter of the finals. You're like, oh my God, watch the games. And now we have this injury, okay? I'm not doubting his foot hurts, but here's what I know. After it happened, he was so injured, his coach left him in the game until he took everyone out. Steve Kerr was asked about that and said as much after the game, and we saw it. We also know that he did not even get an MRI. Yet, we sit here today and we're like, oh, flu game. Isaiah Thomas's ankle is what it's going to, what it's going to take from Steph Curry. Jason Tatum's shoulder hurts. Marcus Smart's, or Robert Williams' knee hurts. It's the NBA Finals. It's game 100 for a lot of these guys. There are bumps and bruises and dings. And, and, and it, it, I just feel like this is a premeditated media attempt to make sure that win, lose, or draw, Steph Curry, God forbid, it's like, hey, it, it has been six finals, and I would like to see him have an all-time moment or an all-time series. And I, I think that Brian Windhurst and Zach Lowe, are as good as talking about the NBA as anyone in the world outside of the people on this show. And I listened this morning, actually, to their Game 3 immediate recap pod. And one of them called Steph's performance sensational, and the other called it scintillating. And I have so much respect and adoration for Wendy and Zach. And again, I'm asking myself, that was a four-point game going into the fourth quarter. The fourth quarter started with a Steph turnover, another Steph turnover, another Steph turnover, and then Robert Williams blocking his shot. He finished with two points, and they got blown out. Scintillating. Sensational. Top ten guy all time. I just, I, it's a weird place we are with the, the second greatest player of his generation, where it's like, ah, yeah, I, I, Bruce said it, Bruce, like 25 to 30. Okay. 25 to 30 is not going to be enough. And it's not what we would be asking Kevin Durant in this spot or Giannis in this spot. Speaking of guys with injuries, Giannis's knee bent backwards. Bent backwards yeah, before the finals last year. I mean, he seemed to be okay. Before LeBron James had a shattered hand after he punched a wall. No, no, when I bring that up, people yeah, say, oh, Nick, you're making excuses. Oh, well, it, it's My, just no. an odd spot. Sure, you know what? It's just an odd spot yeah. that we're in. Shattered hand. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I would say I'm not as critical Shattered. as. <laughs> I'm not as critical 
about Steph as you are. Now, if he did show up at a press conference with his foot in a wrap that no one had heard about, I think that would deserve a little bit of, of a side-eyes glance. Like, what's up with that wrap? Like, nah, kicked a wall after the, after the loss. Okay, here's what I do think. I do think he's a little bit injured. Uh, and I do think it'll affect his play. Do I think he can go out and score 25 points? Yeah, probably. I still still think you can hit those yeah. threes. Do I think he's going to be even more of a defensive liability than he was in Game 3? Absolutely. I think the Celtics are going to have a target on his back. Now they've got a target on his chest. Like, let's keep on attacking Steph. Now, in the first two games, right. he actually played some good defense. And everyone started to make, like, oh, sleep on Steph's defense. Oh, look at He locked down Al Horford, even though Al Horford had perhaps the least confident offensive possession in recent finals memory when he didn't just shoot over Steph. Game three was a different story. 10 for 16, the Celtics shot 62. I'm going to round it up to 63%. Specifically, Marcus Smart took him down in the paint, Scored, scored, scored. Celtics cut him as the primary defender five times in the paint. They scored four times. So I think that Ime Udoka is going to go back to that well, Broussard. Say, look, Steph probably won't be able to guard us on the perimeter if we run him around. Excuse me. If we run him around, get him down in the paint. We were successful in game three. I think it's going to be a big, uh, you know what, Broussard? I said 15 and a half. Game three, I think we're going to go 11, an 11-point victory in game four. Wow. And we'll see you on Monday. Oh, You're going to be in a that. bad spot. I'll buy, I might go to Amazon and get myself an olive branch as like a prop to offer it to you. It's not too late to come over. <laughs> well, look, we'll see how bad this injury is and, and if it if it's bylaws worthy. You know, if it, if it gets me out of this jam I may he's, be in uh, if he's really he's banged up. But let, let me address Nick. Let me, no, 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 no. Let me address this, Nick. Your evidence is that he stayed in the game for the next two minutes. Well, when LeBron, I remember, was it last season, two seasons, two seasons ago, I guess, when LeBron injured himself, was it his ankle, I think, stayed in the game. He stayed in to for hit one a three, position. St- okay, j- but hit a three, jogged back down, and then, and then left the game and missed. And then, but how, see, he stayed warrior. in the game. That was your argument. I understand. Steph stayed in the game Hold for on. two minutes. So just stop with that. two pieces. Secondly, but secondly, second, the MRI, I'll give you that. But secondly, I, where's this media conspiracy to crown Steph? In 2015, you, I think you agree with me. He should have been finals MVP if you say it wasn't LeBron. He didn't get it. That was the media voting. The, the media is not – half the media likes Steph, Hulk. half the media doesn't. It's similar to LeBron, very Hulk. polarized. Half the so media doesn't like Steph? So this notion that people are trying – people are trying to cra- – he was second team all NBA. Are they trying to crown him? They could have easily put him ahead on the first team if they were all enamored with him. I'm just saying, sure, there are okay. people that love him, but this, this notion that people are trying to set Steph up to be protected. Where's that coming from? Because Wendy and Zach Lowe it, it, said it. That's not the whole no, media. No, no, no. That's no, it's it's not that. And and uh, another friend of ours, Jeff Van Gundy, is I think the only person with me on this that there are certain guys that they're either awesome or hurt. That when they don't play well, it's like, oh boy, must be dealing with something. But and we saw it all through 2016. Because Steph did get injured in 2016 and missed time. And then came back 
in that game against Portland. And that game against Portland, he had 17 points in overtime in his first game back and triumphantly declared, I'm back. And then, all of a sudden, when the season's slipping away in the finals, he's healthy during the 3-1 comeback against OKC. Season's slipping away in the finals, and it's, well, let's be honest, Steph was hurt. Steph was hurt. The idea that there hasn't been, with every poor Steph performance, the caveat of, oh, maybe he's injured, dealing with something. And now, I'm not doubting that his foot hurts. I'm not doubting that. But I am saying, you're the guy on the show that is that, that is running Baker Mayfield out of the league for d- playing through injury and not playing well enough. And we're already right. baking in I'm not saying I'm going to give him an out. Uh, no, right, that's we got, Two hours more to discuss, which we will do. All right, we're going to table that for a second. Got to talk about Tom Brady. Fox Bet has Brady's well, even books with the second-best Super Bowl odds this season. I know you are. Wait to hear our morning meeting went with Nick. How close was Brady taking his talents? Okay, quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. Obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So, to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required accessed from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com slash FTF. NetSuite.com slash FTF. NetSuite.com slash FTF. First things first, talking some Tom Brady this morning. So in the weeks after his retirement on retirement, there was reporting that Brady was going to become a minority owner of the Miami Dolphins, then come out of retirement and play for them. But that plan never quite came to fruition after the Brian Flores lawsuit. Brady was asked about being linked to Miami yesterday. Listen to what he had to say. Any truth to those reports, Tom? About me going to... Joining the Dolphins in any capacity. I mean, it's... Again, I had a lot of conversations with a lot of people, as I've had for the last three or four years in my career, about, you know, different opportunities when I'm done playing with football. So, um, you know, I kind of made a decision of what I'd like to do, and um, I'll, be, I'll get to be in the game of football. And I think for me the most important thing is where I'm at now and, you know, what I hope to do for this team. Nick, he didn't lie. He spoke words of truth. Not quite the answer to the question, but words of truth. What was your reaction to what Brady had to say? Vague, yes. My reaction is, once again, I feel maybe I'm just insane. I see the Steph thing differently than everyone else. Maybe I see that. Maybe maybe the problem is me. And and I like to think I'm a really smart guy. Maybe I'm just a dumb, dumb, simple man. Because... I look at this story and I'm like, okay, 
facts on the ground that we all seem to agree with. The greatest football player ever, days before Mm -hmm. the first Super Bowl, he's not playing, participating in in quite some time, hijacks the news story, the news cycle, by announcing his (coughs) own retirement that was instantly, correctly called a sham retirement. He talks about wanting to spend time with his wife and his children, and we now know that was all a lie. We now additionally know the rationale for it was because he wanted to play somewhere else. And it seems like, and now Brady's asked about it, does not deny it. And it seems like Ben Volin, Dan Lebetard, and Nick Wright are the only three people that are like, hmm, seems like a bigger story than if Baker Mayfield is going to play for the Seahawks next year. And nobody agrees. Everyone else is like, oh, Tom being Tom. Oh, a sham retirement, trying to force his way to Miami. Who hasn't done that? <laughs> Anyone ever? We've never seen it happen. If 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 Aaron Rodgers, three days for the Super Bowl, announced he was retiring, and then said he was coming back, and then it was reported it was because his plan was to go play for the Carolina Panthers, we wouldn't spend multiple days talking about what that means about Aaron Rodgers' commitment to the team. Oh, I left the part out. And oddly enough, if Matt LaFleur was fired days later. And it's like, oh, I had nothing to do with that. The coach got fired. He fake retired. There's another team involved. It's the greatest player ever. Wilds. And nobody cares. Yep. But me, Valen, no. and Levitard. I don't understand. What am I missing? Tell okay. me. Maybe I'm a dumb man. Well, I'll tell what you. am I missing? No, 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 no. You're not dumb. But you are missing one thing. And this is exactly what happened <laughs> in our morning meeting. <clears throat> Where we, I think we had the story about LeBron perhaps buying this fictitious team in Vegas. And Nick's like, not interested. I'm interested in the Brady story. And then he delivered that soliloquy during the meeting, which we're usually pressed for time. Yes, he did. Delivered that soliloquy. And then me and Broussard were like, eh, I don't don't really see it. Why? You don't see it. And he started yelling at us. Broussard was drinking coffee. I was drinking some water. But here's, I figured out why. I did a Hold deep on, can dive I, can into I fi- why. Can I explain your story further before you explain why, Wilds? Just real quick. Sure. After course, the morning meeting, Wilds twice called me and tried to pitch <laughs> me that we should do LeBron instead of Brady. Two phone calls from Wilds. He's like, oh, I'm really interested in this LeBron Vegas thing. I'm like, okay, it's going to happen in five years. But he then calls me back. He's like, what about LeBron as a broadcaster? Can I get you on that? And I'm like, I think we should talk about Tom Brady not denying his sham retirement. All that happened. So now go ahead, Wilds. So here's how, why you're not crazy, but here's why this story that seems to have a lot of pieces of a major, you know, front page story has just been on a simmer and it's never gotten to a boil. And it's the same reason that Tom Brady has seven Super Bowl rings. It's the same reason that Tom Brady is still at the top of his game when he's going to be 45 in August. It's one word. Cheating and unfairness? No, not cheating and unfairness. (laughs) Discipline. Discipline. Tom Brady has all those Super Bowl rings because he's disciplined in his prep. And he's got more binders full of notes than your local library. Super disciplined. He can still play Broussard because his diet and his training, super disciplined. And this story has not popped off because he is super disciplined in his messaging. 
And on the shop a few months ago, this was his quote, which I think was honest, or it might, in some sort of snake eating its tails thing, might also not be true. 90% of what I say is probably not what I'm thinking, which is challenging, you know? And I really admire people that can actually do that and say what they think, because they invite a lot of other things into their life. And I think there's a part of me that doesn't like conflict. So what he's saying there, which I think is 100% honest, Broussard is, there's no value for me to open up this Pandora's box and get into my retirement and my interest in the dolphins and my broadcasting uh, you know, relationships. There's, there's no value in it. He is 100% focused and 100% uh, locked in on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers with a little dollop of selling some underwear. That's it. But that, that's what, that's what works for him. He comes into these press conferences. He's like, I'm locked in. I'm going to do my 17 minutes and be out and start thinking about the bucks. There's no, it's very Belichickian. There's no value in giving you anything, Broussard. So I think he's been disciplined. And that's why this story hasn't, hasn't sort of moved up. He's super disciplined. It's what makes him successful. Well, look, I want to give Nick some props because when this first happened and then Ben Violin started reporting and Florio did his stuff and it was interesting, right? It read like a, a Hardy Boys, Nancy Drew mystery. And I'm like, wow, wow. But now nah, that doesn't seem All like right. that could happen. But he didn't yeah. deny any of it yesterday. So first I want to say this. Ooh. If indeed this is true and he didn't deny it, I hope, I hope that he talked to Giselle, his wife, and his kids about this and got them in on the fake retirement. Because if oh, he didn't, I mean, shame, shame, shame on Tom Brady. I had to throw in three shames because yesterday I said shame on Draymond, but that was not, that Draymond's not even close to this if this is indeed true. And secondly, Nick, and this is why I'm giving you props, if this, the NFL needs to investigate, because this would mean there was tampering by Stephen Ross, the Miami Dolphins owner. It would mean that, remember Brian Flores in his lawsuit said that he tried, Ross tried to get Brady or, and Flores to meet. And Flores wouldn't meet with Brady in 2020 because it was tampering. Then you got the Sean Payton situation. And that would mean that they yeah. over, were overlooking the Rooney rule to bring in Sean Payton to coach. So this thing is deep and has many tentacles if indeed it's true. Right. So I I give you props. They need to dig deeper on this. But they won't. They won't. I mean. They won't. And we'll go back to our morning conversation. If I was still writing, Nick, I'd do it. Dre is basically the media now with this podcast. We're diving into that on the other side. First things first. Shift our focus to Draymond Green this morning. Game three could not have gone worse for Dre. Fouled out with only two points in the whole night. His miserable night prompted a lot of questions about whether or not doing a podcast after every game, which he does, has maybe taken his focus away from these finals, perhaps. Dre responded to those critics, of which there were many, on his podcast, because obviously. Take a listen. This podcast ain't going nowhere. I'm going to leave the arena. I'm going to return to this hotel room. I'm going to return to my home when we're back in San Francisco. And I'm going to film this podcast. So what should I be doing when I get to my room? Like, should I go to sleep? Should I watch the film of the game? Because I'm going to do that anyway. So what should I be doing when I get to my room? 
But y'all gonna get this podcast. Win, lose, draw, hoisting the trophy, putting my ring on my finger. You name it. Y'all getting this podcast. Hey, Broussard, we're all getting this podcast. Your reaction to Dre's comments. <laughs> all right, let me say, we ran Isaiah Thomas, the legend's quotes yesterday, saying you got to be all zeroed in and focused on the finals and your opponent if you want to win a championship. I loved what Isaiah said. Yesterday on my iCouple radio show, 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern, uh, yep. Fox oh, Sports good. Radio, we had Kerry Kittles on yeah, played in two it. NBA finals. He said the same thing. All right. So I, 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 I love those guys for saying that. But I will admit, different strokes for different folks. And Antoine Walker, our friend on the show, he said, look, I had to do me, do the same thing I've always done. He was a South Beach guy, so he hung out and played great when they won the finals in 20, 2006 with Miami. But here's the difference. So Draymond can do his pod if he wants. But the difference is when you do something like that, you better play well. You better ball. When you do something that many could look at and see as a distraction, then you better play great basketball. It'd be like a player hanging out at the club until 3 a.m. in the morning the night before the game. If you come out and play well, great, or just your typical game, you do what you do, nobody's going to say a thing. But if you come out and you play poorly, you play well below what you normally do, then we're going to say, why are you hanging out at the club? Get focused. And that's the situation with Draymond. He is playing horribly. All right. He's got the same number of fouls, 15, as he does points and assists in this series. All right. Look at this is incredible. He's got more technical fouls than three pointers made. He's got more uh, turnovers than field goals made. All right, so Draymond, you can, if you do something like this, you it is fair game to take you to task. Look at those numbers. Pathetic. And in 2015, when they won their first ring, you weren't doing a podcast. In 2017 and 2018, when you won second and third, you weren't doing a podcast. The only difference now, and you played fairly well then, you're playing poorly now, is the podcast. So, yes, we're going to focus on the podcast. And I'll give you an idea, Nick. Maybe you could stay at the gym. Don't go to the hotel with everybody else. Get to the gym with a trainer and put up some three-point shots. How about that? Because you and, – and, Nick, the last thing I'll say before I go to you. He said you get in this podcast no matter what. Why is it such a priority? Because if they lose tonight and you're down 3-1 and you are facing elimination, why the last thing I want to do if I'm a player in that situation is a podcast. And I'm not doing a podcast if I'm in that situation. But him saying he's doing it no matter what doesn't sit well with me. Does not sit well with me. So here's, listen, here's the thing. Draymond's actually lucky he's doing the podcast because... Because he's doing the podcast, we're focused on that. As opposed to this fact, he is en route to what could arguably be the worst NBA Finals performance ever. That's not hyperbolic. Tom Haberstroh had this stat, seems noteworthy. 
NBA has been tracking true shooting percentage in the playoffs since 1984. Draymond Green has the lowest true shooting percentage of any player in history through three finals games who's played at least 100 minutes. He's playing a ton of minutes and producing nothing. People are like, oh, Draymond's never been a box score guy. He's never been this, though. I'll throw another one at you. Take Draymond's entire playoff career. And if you care about game score, basketball reference, game score, anything above 25 is excellent. 15 is about average. He has two games in these finals with a negative game score, which is almost impossible to do. It is not coincidentally Wilds, the two worst playoff games of his career by game score are games one and game three of these finals. Miles Brown, who's a good follow on Twitter, uh, he said it exactly right, and he's a Warriors fan. He said the problem isn't the podcast. The problem is he should be too embarrassed to be doing the podcast. And guys, Draymond has never been a wild box score guy. But in the 2019 finals, Draymond Green averaged 12 points, 10 rebounds, nine assists. He was excellent. He has been, he's never been a side. He has the, he used to have the rare 25 plus point explosion games. But he was a consistent triple-double threat. Now it is he has gotten double figures in one statistical category once the entire finals. So I don't care if he's doing a podcast or not. What I care about is that Draymond, and he is so, and this is where the podcast part, I think, spills over a bit. He's so, he's turned into a bit of a gatekeeper on who is and who isn't allowed to talk about basketball. And whether you understand it or not. And again, third time of the show, I'll say maybe I'm a dumb man. And you know what? Do I know how to guard the high pick and roll like Draymond Green? Can I dissect floppy, you know what I mean, on a whiteboard for you? Maybe yes, maybe no. (laughs) But as a dumb man, I will say this. I think it is easier to defend a team that has a player on it that refuses to look at the basket than if he would look at the basket. I think it is easier to guard the Warriors when one of their five guys, who's the fulcrum of their offense, refuses to shoot or even pretend to want to shoot. He should be getting the Ben Simmons treatment, except for the fact Ben Simmons was never this bad. There is not a playoff game of Ben Simmons' career as bad as the one we just saw Draymond play. Those are all just facts. That's the issue here. So do you think the podcast, Nick, is a distraction? Well, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go back to Nick with just a second. Do you think it's like affecting his play? I think that anyone that listens to the noise and like, you know what? Let me use me as an example. I think I am okay. worse on television if I have been constantly checking my mentions. I think that even though oh, I try not to, and I usually don't, I think that. If I if I raise my own awareness level That's of right. criticism of me, that I, I I get outside of myself a bit. So I can't speak for Draymond in that regard, but I think it is human nature for that. And I think that's why guys try to typically shut out the noise unless they're wired like Jordan was, for instance, where he would, you know, create haters or Kevin because Durant. it actually made him better. Yeah, yeah Dur- sure. Durant so, so seems I, so I wired that way as well. Some guys are wired that way. Go ahead. Yeah. Rose. So I, no, because I, I wanted to get your take on it because I think it's it's a big maybe 
is the podcast a distraction? You know, Nick said personally it would be for him. And other guys say, well, it would be for, for LeBron. He shuts off social media. It would be for him. But the one thing, Jenna, that we haven't heard Draymond say, we've heard that we're going to get the podcast. You know, it's inferred that it's not a distraction. I've yet to hear these words. The podcast helps me. The podcast makes me better. And that's why I'm doing it. So if the ceiling is neutral and it's, there's a lot of noise, then I would stop doing it. Because I've yet to hear podcast makes me better. There's a chance it makes you worse. Maybe right. it makes you neutral. But probably zero chance it's making him better. Great point. It's well said, Kevin Wells. It really is. All right, let's stay with the Warriors. Steph Curry's a little banged up. Can he still carry them to a win tonight? Steven Jackson with us next. First things first. Sunday, get ready for a USFL doubleheader, starting with Bandits Breakers for Eastern on Fox. Then flip over to FS1 for Stars Maulers. That's a 7.30 Eastern USFL football Sunday on Fox and FS1. So that's a look ahead. Let's take a look back at the best of USFL Week 8 Wilds. Best trick play. Tell us. Gamblers, Bandits, Vogel with the McAfee. Chips a little onside kick, then follows the ball himself for the recovery. Not enough, though. Bandits beat the Gamblers 13-3. to Best quarterback run, Broussard. Well, Philadelphia Stars taking on the Michigan Panthers. Check out Philly QB, Case Cookus. He sees a lane, takes it 79 yards on the ground for the touchdown. Might have been the game of the year Ooh. for Cookus. He also threw four touchdowns, Jenna, to beat the Panthers. Big night for him. Nick, your favorite best strategy? All right, the Maulers, who are having a tough season, are playing Broussard's Jersey Generals, who are outstanding. Down 11 late. That's a fourth and 12. Why is it fourth and 12? No onside kick. Going for the fourth and 12. They pick it up, but because they're the Maulers, they lose. And because they're playing the Generals, they lose. The Generals are great. Maulers, not good. But I'm very happy that we saw this in lieu of the onside kick. Great call by them, even though they need to work on a lot of other things. You know, we're being honest. Maulers disappointed me greatly. All right, we got some stories to start your morning now. Sponsored by Ram Trucks, built to serve. NBA Finals continue tonight. Game four. From Boston, Celtics are happy. They're up 2-1. Warriors not as happy. They trail 2-1. And they got to be worried about Steph after this play in Game 3 where he turned his ankle going for that loose ball. The good news is it looks like he avoided anything too severe. And Steph's mindset seems to be in the right place. Take a listen to this. Are you that you can go on Friday without being limited? Uh, I'm going to play. That's all I saw it. That's all I know right now. All right, Chris Broussard, what do you expect to see out of Steph tonight? Well, Jenna, as we all know, I have picked the Warriors to win this series, so I would love to sit here and say I expect fireworks from Steph. I expect a heroic performance leading him to a great victory. But I can't say I'm confident that that's going to happen. All right, and there's two reasons for that. Number one... Even though there's, Steph is playing and I'm great, I'm glad he's playing. I think he can play. But it scares me that he compared this injury to the one he suffered in March when Marcus Smart dove into his leg. 
because that injury cost him 12 games. He had to sit out. Didn't even start when they began playing in the playoffs. He was coming off the bench early. So that worries me because, okay, you can play through it, but if it's anything remotely similar to what happened in March, it's going to hinder you. Second thing is this, Nick. As great as Steph has been in these finals, and yes, I said great, because 26 points a game, six assists and five rebounds are great numbers across 31 NBA Finals games when you won three championships. Tenth highest scoring average all time in the finals. But despite those great numbers, I have to admit he hasn't had that one heroic game or that one heroic moment the Jordan shot against Brian Russell or the flu game, whatever you want to call it. Isaiah Thomas with the 25 points on a sprained ankle in, a, in one quarter. Things like that. We haven't seen that from Zephyr. Heck, we haven't even seen him play great or even well in the fourth quarters of this series. So that makes me think, okay, I don't know that that's coming. Now, let me say this. Because it's become kind of a custom, a pattern, okay, on this show to flip-flop. I'm not saying names, but it's just become okay. I'm not flip-flopping. I got the Warriors tonight winning this game, okay. and I still have them winning the series in seven. All right, but I think it's going to have to happen this oh, way. But. Steph plays well, 25 to 30 points, but I need Wiggins to hit some threes uh, in addition to finishing at the rim, which he's been doing. Yeah. I need Clay to do what he did in game three. I need Draymond to bounce back, Dre. To do All anything. right, bounce back with some defense, some rebounding, some playmaking, and a shot or two made wouldn't hurt. And Jordan Poole, I yeah. need your best game in three weeks. All of that to supplement a, a really good but not historic performance by Steph is what well, okay. I'm expecting in this Warriors victory tonight. Okay, do we all agree there's a must win for Golden State? Yes, they, you can't fall down 3-1 even though they have home court. I'm not saying you'll change your pick if they if they lose, but it's a I close mean, it's, to a must win. They really really yes, need this yes. game. Okay. We all and I think they're I think the Celtics are a good enough team and the Warriors right now have as many issues that there are scenarios where Steph could be brilliant and the Warriors still lose. But I also think it's fair to say in the two games they've lost, he has not been brilliant and now they have a must win game. In game one, they are up 12 points going into the fourth quarter at home, and they lose. And Steph has four points in the quarter. In game three, it is a four-point game at going into the fourth quarter. Steph is rested, having just sat the end of the third, and he starts the quarter with three consecutive turnovers, and they lose by double digits, and he has one made basket. I, I, here's the, my issue when Brew's like, hey, he's 10th all-time in final scoring. Well, for a guy that I'm told is top 10 all-time in league history, probably should be. Sounds like you want to be 10th all-time in important Fair. statistical categories. We can't... No, nah, there's a he, lot that aren't, though. What? Come on. A lot of those top 10 Yeah, but, not, but what he does is... But his best thing is scoring. Yes, Tim Duncan is not top 10 all-time in final scoring, but he's the second greatest Larry defensive Bird. player of 40 years, and he's a great Kareem. rebounder. Larry Bird, not, not all, well, Kareem, hold on. Uh, the Kareem thing's unfair because he went to 10 of them, including once when he was 20 years in, and he averaged nine points per game. So that's unfair. But hold hey, on a second. Facts. Here. Wait a moment. 
Wait a second. Facts. The, guy, okay. Well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna get really frustrated. I, here. I, I've stumped Nick Steph with truth. I, I mean, no, that's not. No, that's not. Listen, Brew, Larry Bird, Kareem. <laughs> I'll saying. play that game. None of. Do we agree that those great players? What? There had ways to impact the game that Steph Curry can't. That Steph Curry's biggest impact on the game is scoring the basketball, is shooting the basketball, is making threes. He's not shutting you down on defense, and he's a very good passer, but I don't think he's the passer Bird was. He's obviously not the defender or rebounder Kareem was. Okay? Same with Akeem, who's not top 10 all-time in final scoring, but he's the greatest defensive player of 50 years, so I think I'll be okay. Yeah, and by the way, Akeem also did average 33 per game in one finals. Like, what? Who is Steph Curry and what is fair? Because I know this, we spent a month talking about how Steph's better than Durant. How Durant got swept out. I'm one of them saying it, by the way. Steph's all-time greater. Here's what I know. (laughs) If Kevin Durant (laughs) were down 2-1 in the finals. No, but I'm holding him to the same standard. I I said it, and I'm holding him to the same standard. Wild, if Durant was down 2-1 in the finals, and in the previous finals game, they had lost it in the fourth quarter. He had scored two points, had three turnovers. We wouldn't be coming in tonight and be like, Durant should have 27 points. We would be saying Durant's got to kick exactly everybody's right. ass. He's the best player on the court. That's right. He's got to go do it. But with Steph, because he's little and cute and nice, it's like, oh, if he's great, he's great. If he's not, foot hurts. It, it, you can't have it always. Oh, you can't oh, have it every it. way stop you it. want it. Go score 40. That's what we would ask Giannis to do. It's what we would ask LeBron to do. It's what we would ask Durant to do. Go score 40. Am I, I wrong? Think that's, ahead, I think wow. that's a fair. No, I think it's a fair. I think it's a fair ask for a generational player. Have a generational game when your team needs you. I've got three predictions. Prediction number one: Celtics win tonight by seven points. Prediction number two: On Monday, the Celtics already. are going to be on the doorstep yeah, of another. I changed it. I got new facts. What changed I'm with the my official pick. My, More intel. I, I dug deeper into the intel. Uh, prediction number two, on Monday, the Celtics are going to be on the doorstep of another championship, and Chris Broussard will be looking for the olive branch. And prediction number three, oh, Steph Curry is going to be a liability on defense. So just like Nick says, if you're not going to play any de- a lot and much defense, you better have an offensive explosion. Games one and two, okay. Game three got cooked up by Marcus Smart. The Celtics shot 63%. So, Broussard, I'm going to offer you a, an early olive branch here. Celtics are going to win tonight. You know it because I've seen when you're passionate about picks, and, man, you are not there. You're trying your best. You're trying your darndest, but you are not there. I will offer you an olive branch either now or Monday that you can come over to the Celtics side, but this is going to be, this window is your last opportunity, now or Monday. You called me Broussard. You didn't call me Nick. So no, keep your olive branch. Keep your olive branch. And let me say this, Nick, and this is fair. I talk with Isaiah Thomas all the time, the legend. He's like, yeah, uh, whenever people talk about the GOAT, the greatest, they always say it's just the guy 6'6 and above. Because smaller players are at a disadvantage. Only two have oh, led dynasties, Isaiah oh, and Steph. So there's that. I'm well, just saying, most well, small you know players what? don't aren't expected to it's do what bigger have guys a great do. Weekend.